Welcome back, everybody, to episode number eight. Number eight of Satellite House podcast, featuring the one and only Assad. Hey, everyone. Hi. Welcome to Satellite House. Thank you so much. Uh, really glad to be here. Thank you for having me. I really uh, appreciate the invite. Uh, I really appreciate having you here. Um, I <laughs> you brought some really good weed. So <laughs> yeah, man. So yeah, we. I think uh, we all all want a little uh, ways to kind of decompress. And for me, weed is one of those things that helps me decompress. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. <clears throat> I think weed is a much uh, nicer drug than alcohol because it weed will not attack you mm. once you're already feeling good. Like you, you're, mm. ne- you're never gonna. It doesn't have that like peaking effect. You just plateau, right? Right. There's no like peak and then you go back down. It's yeah. just like a plateau well, of pleasure. Well, that you reach eventually. If you become a heavy smoker, that can change. Yeah, I know you can like green out, but that's like you. You really have to fuck yourself up a lot right so the, so like yeah I, I i agree with you 100 i think alcohol is you know what the most dangerous thing in our society that we that shouldn't be legal um like you know compared yeah uh for me you know it's very alcohol is a very serious thing because you know i have i have family members that have issues with alcohol mm. and, you know one of them right now man this guy had it all he uh you know he he immigrated from pakistan and uh he went to occidental um and it was the same school that president obama actually attended for a little bit Mm -hmm. and then um he got a job uh with a you know investment company and he made crazy good money and his job was to basically bullshit clients all day um either taking them out to coffee golfing with them like literally that kind of thing you think of and you hate, you know, like that, that finance guy who's kind of just smoozing around and being a finance yeah, bro. Yeah, a total Wall Street dude. Yeah. yeah, but he wasn't a Wall Street dude. He just handled wealthy, you know, wealthy clients like, you know, uh, Persians and Jewish people basically from LA. He just handled all their money. And uh, yeah, man, it was pretty wild. So he married this beautiful girl, you know, and like she was cool as hell. And, you know, they got married, had kids. And alcohol basically was something that he started to use to self-medicate. And mm. it got to the point where it destroyed the marriage. Well, it was it, it had destroyed the marriage, but they were kind of making it work for the kids. But like, anyways, I don't want to talk about negative stuff like that. So yeah, I agree with you. Alcohol, alcohol is is a dangerous thing. But I like marijuana because it allows you to expand your, your sort of thought process. You know, with alcohol, you're just sort of sitting there and like, you know, it alcohol, what it does is it messes up your judgment system because you don't consider long-term consequences from things, right? Um, we, we like to say it lowers our inhibitions. I don't think that's really the case because lowering your inhibitions means that, for me, it means that this thing that you want to do is only a couple degrees away from where you're going to take action. And I think that's a pretty shitty way to live. Like, if you want someone, go after them. If you want to go eat food, Go eat that, you know, Mm -hmm. those drunken fries, whatever it is, you know, whereas like what it what I think it really does is that it forces people to sort of not consider the consequences of their actions. Right. And they just act and they act from a place that either feels good. Well, basically feels good, whether it's through violence or through sex or through just general dumb fucking behavior. Um, alcohol is responsible for more dumb shit happening 
than a lot of things, man. So yeah, I agree with you, but that's a super complex issue uh, because the way that the war on drugs works, there's just way too many people employed. And by like ending the war on drugs, it would create this, uh, like it would be, it would be very interesting to see what would happen if we say um, repurpose the DEA instead of uh, moving towards uh, drug enforcement and moving towards combating human trafficking because human trafficking is by like there are more slaves alive today than ever before i was reading about that yeah that blew my mind yeah and if you really think about it like sweatshops and stuff <clears throat> that's yeah exactly so like we, we we consider slavery only in the chattel slavery sense that we learned about in school where you know black people were, were taken from africa and put in slavery for 400 fucking years like okay we get that but what we don't consider is like the slavery of the more subtler nature where you're locked into a certain kind of lifestyle. Like I would argue that most uh, low income people in the United States are in the form of wage slavery. Like they're unable to produce enough income to have excess cash because that's really at the end of the day, what you need. If you don't have cash flow, um, you're not going to be able to do things like businesses don't go bankrupt because they're not profitable. Businesses go bankrupt because they don't have proper cash flow. But yeah, man. I'm sorry. That was a stupid tangent. That was an insane. That was insane. Yeah. Tangent. Sorry. Hello, Evan. everyone. <laughs> Hello, everybody. <laughs> Hello, internet. Evan, you were gonna say something just now. What's up, man? I don't remember anymore. It was the probably the DEA. <laughs> no, I was gonna say human uh, trafficking. No, definitely not that. Neo slavery. Um, no. Yeah. God, you really, well. you really like. You're really gonna stop me from saying what I actually was gonna say. Go ahead. Thank you. <laughs> um, uh, I was thinking about uh, great. I forgot again. Thank you, Jason. <laughs> hey, don't don't blame Woo. him, man. Just blame the weed, man. Blame the weed, man. Yeah, dude. That's that's some that's some really strong stuff. Yeah, man. But um, so how do you like? Yeah, I don't know how to introduce Asad, myself, Asad. man. Yeah, what's up, man? Where I know you're mm. from Fremont. Mm -hmm. We're both Fremont boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's boring as fuck. You know. Yes and no, man. It's interesting because mm. I was talking to a friend of mine and he does this weird thing where he like buys a tourist guide for his city and metro every other year. And I was like, huh, that's pretty interesting. And he says, mm -hmm. you know what, dude? Like, you know, like Niles Fremont, like Niles and Fremont is one of the coolest parts of the entire Bay Area, in my opinion. Like, you know, there was a time I aspired to owning a house in Fremont, but you know... <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what about Niles is so interesting? So, I, know, it, so, I know there's a sign, like Niles, right, just right, like right. Hollywood. So do you know, um, fuck, what's it called? There's the same similar place in San Jose, um, Willow Glen. So the Willow Glen area. So it's a very small, rustic area. So most of the homes are like from the 50s. So they're small, they're dense. Uh, they have a certain charm to them. They're all like either farmhouse style or craftsmen. Um, they have a lot of like they have a row of little shops there. There's a little tourist train that takes you all over. Um, so like Niles Canyon is this very interesting little historic part part of Fremont. But I think the the, the overall premise of Fremont being boring is accurate um, and unfortunate. I agree with that. Unfortunate. Yeah. But I think the food's great. Interesting. Tell me more, because I, you know, we we constantly bitch and moan in 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 at my place that. You know, there's not really because like going out to eat, we don't really consider a lot of options. So, so tell me more. Um, I think Fremont has one of the largest Asian populations mm -hmm. in the Bay Area for sure. So there's a lot of 
foreign food. Like, um, mm-hmm. there's great Indian food and there's great Chinese food. Oh, for sure, man. Like, yeah. So that's the problem. Like, Evan, you with us, man? Yeah, I'm. I'm okay. I, I, you know what? <laughs> like, I'm like, you guys are having a really good conversation. Well. I, I don't want to oh. interrupt that. Yeah. So I think, like, you know, so I'm Pakistani, right? Which is basically like, if you don't know the history, Pakistan used to be part of India, and then they said. Nah, fam, we're out. And then there was war, and then Pakistan kind of is doing its own thing, kind of imploding. Oh but God. that's yeah. a, that's its own thing. We, we might talk about that. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, um, I'm. You know, to be fair, I'm not very well versed in Pakistani politics. I and I have a. Didn't they have their prime minister ousted recently They're by a vote of to. no confidence? I don't think that actually outs him because he then just dissolved the Senate right after. So, oh, okay. so that's, that's a pretty that's, power move, if you ask me. That's definitely illegal, though. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm that's sure like that's Emperor against their constitution. You know? Yeah, like, dude. I don't know. But see, it's like, it's like if uh, Tom Brady became fucking president. That's what's going on there, though. <laughs> and like half, half, like I don't know, a universally loved athlete, like Giannis, maybe uh, for for Milwaukee, Ronaldo, Messi. But like, okay, you're, you're saying that, that like an athlete is unqualified to but run the don't. country, but like, yeah, so a TV host was also unqualified to run the That's country, fair, and yeah. he did it. Like, well, tech, so to be fair, I think there is no one who's actually qualified to run the country. Running the country is something you have to aspire to because every decision, every everything you do is going to piss off hell of people now. Like, it doesn't matter who it is, what you do. Like, no, that's absolutely true. You could do the most simple basic thing yeah and people will really get mad over it you yeah. know you you go you go with a central a, a sensible centrist policy mm-hmm. that shouldn't be offensive to anyone and then vast swathes of the population mm-hmm. end up upset with you you know mm-hmm. like you you could be like we're gonna pay down the national debt mm-hmm. and people will get mad about it well, like we're what, never paying down the national uh, debt. no it's just a thought right yeah. just hypothetically you could you could say we're gonna pay we're gonna make mm-hmm. debt payments so that way one day in the future we don't all owe our asses to China, and people yeah. will still get mad about the fact that you're saving our future by paying down the national debt. Like so, the national debt is a complex issue. Um, I think the deficit is far far more consequential um, because what we're doing is we're devaluing the currency. Like inflation is out of fucking control. Like I've never seen it this bad. Like the Fed is raising rates, the market like fucking tank yesterday Dude, today yeah today said I, I didn't this even is, look i didn't even look today. this is the worst to. uh levels of inflation since the 70s yeah um and it goes in cycles man so i think what we're gonna see now is it's gonna probably continue to get worse until like the like so for me what i kind of hoped would happen would be the american supply chain would kind of like revitalize itself and like people would start saying hey we can manufacture shit here it's not hard like for me the biggest takeaway from all of all of school is that knowledge is useless it's all about being able to organize people who are able to apply their knowledge that's it because in every fucking business um there's never a sh- let me put it this way there's never a shortage of smart people right like talented engineers talented people if you have the right shit um, if you have if you have the right organization with the right mission under the right leadership, smart people will find their way to you, you know. And mm-hmm. I think it's the sense of actually being being the one responsible for leading because your job as a leader is not to order people around; it's to develop other leaders. Like that's the fundamental thing. Like you know, I I'm a huge proponent of servant leadership. That's what the Marine Corps really like. The Marine Corps teaches leadership immediately um so yeah 
Um, Asad, mm-hmm. two questions. Sure. First question, how much do I invest? How much do you invest? I would say at least 10% of your... your, your oh, no. I'm talking about your company. Oh. You're trying to start something. Zipline. When can I... Oh, can, when can I, I, I don't own Zipline. Are, are, <laughs> no, are you no, starting no. your own business? You, oh, you sound like you can start it. Absolutely. So, so I, I, I want to start it in... A, I, so what I'm trying to do is start a gaming company that doesn't fucking suck. <laughs> like... I, I think, you EA, know, Blizzard. Yeah, all like of all of them fucking suck, Bethesda. dude. All of them, dude. Like they start out like they start out so strong and then they become the very thing that they swore to not become. You Loot know, boxes. Yeah, greed, dude. Like microtransactions. Dude, stop all that. Like Elden Ring is a perfect example of what happens when you create a good game. Ooh, I heard that was I good. feel like this is something that you can only have happen under the first generation of leadership in the Absolutely company not, though man. i don't it, i don't i don't know it like i, I it can't because i can see mm-hmm. you know you start a successful business and mm-hmm. you say we're not gonna do anything shitty right and maybe you're strong enough to stick to those morals and enforce that culture from the top down mm-hmm. but do you really think that when you're gone mm-hmm. that, that you know you let's say where you work up until you die right in right. your old age right mm-hmm. you think the person that the board is gonna pick to replace you is going to be somebody who holds the same values as you i would hope so but if that's not the case like you know shit happens shit could be worse if i'm if i'm at that position where i'm having a board um elect a successor for me i probably lived a pretty fucking sweet life and i'm okay with that like you know my vision can't like if i'm able to create a gaming company that is able to like and when i say doesn't suck i mean that produces complete games that so let me back up so my idea for creating this new gaming company is that it's going to be software as a service right um because trying to offer games um you know at you know fucking what is it 59 69 like that's 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 not really feasible anymore because that price has been the price since like i was six years old you know and that's not like Maybe when they were building 16-bit fucking Sony game, uh, Sega games, yeah, that that might have made made things uh, work. But in the like building a game like fucking Elden Ring, you know, like are you kidding me? That's like, that's you know, video games to me, I think are the highest form of media now because the ability to tell story, have music, be able to depict things, mm-hmm. um, and just have create strong narratives can really um, allow human expression to be showcased in a way that. Uh, you may not be able to see in other games. It's a far more interactive form of film, in a way. Yeah, you know, I think it's a far more interactive form of art, uh, to be honest, because I've definitely felt emotion when I played video games. And I think Mm -hmm. that's that's the main purpose of art, right? It's it's to draw emotion and decorate space, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, for me, music, like, kind of decorates time and art decorates space. Like, I appreciate that you guys have, like, pieces on your wall. I don't know if that comes with the school or... No, no, no. We we picked... Well, he picked all of these paintings. Nice. He got that painting for a dollar at a garage sale. And that's pretty cool, man. That's probably older than all of us put together. Uh, maybe. W- maybe, maybe. You never yeah. know. Um, Favorite video game of all time? Fuck, man. Uh, probably World of Warcraft, dude. Yeah. I played World of Warcraft. Like, so, let me back up. World of Warcraft fucked up my life. Um, I was one of those guys who played it like, like no life. Like I played it to the point where it really fucked me up. Like, you know, I got to the point where I was like, Hey man, if I don't unfuck my life, I'm going to, it's only going to get worse. How how was your health back then? Shitty, man. I was, I was like skinny fat. I was like, I didn't have it. Like I, 
at the worst point, I weighed 130 pounds. I weigh 185 now. Wow. Yeah. So, like, it was not good, man. I was unhealthy, and I was, like, uh, just not good, man. So, mm-hmm. I realized I needed a jarring change in my life, and, you know. Um, Can I ask how old you were? I was 20. So, I was, like, 26 when this started happening. So 26, I started going to therapy, and um, therapy really helped. It, I, I would say therapy saved my life. Um, because therapy allows you to reflect on your life. And I think without thoughtful reflection, we're unable to grow and confront our issues, you know, and just having someone there to listen, even if they're not listening, um, just someone there to, to, to have you, to make you have that space yeah, to actually do the, the, the reflection. Yeah. Because a lot of people really are completely oblivious to, the, yeah. the you know they're not self-aware yeah right? self-awareness I, I, is very important i think that's extremely important yeah. that's that's often something that i i i think about i'm a very introspective person for sure and so you know i'm i'm always i mean it it can end up being a little bit depressing if you're sort of too introspective because yeah, then you go what sure. is what is this all for and yeah what is the meaning of life? And there's all these like existential questions that come about when you, mm-hmm. um, you, you know, when you maybe you're an excessively introspective person, but mm-hmm. definitely more introspection is needed than what is had right. in real life uh, by the average person. I, I think that's, that's definitely true. Yeah. So I think that's, that's a very interesting point, you know, because I like, so I have, I've, I've major depressive, I've been diagnosed with major depressive disorder, generalized anxiety disorder. And for me, I always saw kind of depression as this like victim kind of like thing that like, I was like, I'm not a fucking victim. I'm a sergeant in the Marine Corps. I live in Japan. I drive a fucking GTR. I have a fucking fine ass girlfriend. I'm kicking ass, taking names. Like what the fuck? I'm a high performing individual. I see you know, beauty and life and creation all around me. I have aspirational dreams for my future. Like, what are you talking about that I'm depressed? And then, you know, my doctor started going through the symptoms list, you know, like low energy, pain, like all these, all these things that, that aren't necessarily directly related to feeling sad and feeling down, Mm -hmm. but are indirectly like kind of manifest. The the sort of outcomes. Exactly. Right. The, exactly. The physical, the physiological symptoms of depression. Exactly. Instead of the psychological symptoms. Exactly. And and at that time, um, I wasn't really working out because my body was just in fucking pain all the time. So like that was compounding it. So, um, but yeah, come. Where, I'm sorry, I lost the tangent that we went off on here. I, I have. We, we were talking about video games. We were talking about video games, but I wanted to talk hear more about. Um, so actually, we did talk about World of Warcraft. Yeah, yeah. And then the tangent there was. Oh yeah, it ruined my life. <laughs> yeah, but then like you decided to join, join the, the Marines. Marines. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I, I joined. I joined the Marines, and uh, man, fuck, Marine Corps is a serious place. Uh, I, I, you know, I left the Marine Corps. I loved the Marine Corps, um, and I still do. But I'm glad that I'm out. And the only circumstances that I see myself going back in is if there's an existential threat to the country. And like by going back in, I just mean like putting on a uniform and just showing up. Semper like, Fi? Semper Fidelis, yes. It means always faithful. So you said that mm-hmm. if there's something like a war going on, yeah. you said you would go back. Existential or threat. Like, Existential threat. Let's, like we're saying like 
So here's the thing. There's not a lot of existential threats to the United States. There, in fact, are probably very, 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 very few. There's like two countries, maybe, like China and Russia, maybe. Oh, I thought you were going to say aliens. Well, aliens aliens could definitely fuck us up, for sure, because that's that's the unknown, unknown, like, yeah. I think if aliens come, mm-hmm. I would volunteer. Yeah. I mean, I think I think most humans would. I think yeah. most, yeah. I think it's the rational decision to, yeah. like... No. At at that point, like I know what they're gonna do. What they're gonna have a branch of humans that are loyal to them. Mm. You know, there's, there's you know there's gonna oh, be traitors. Yeah, yeah oh. I know, and I know exactly I mean, I, who it's gonna be too. You're gonna name it's, brothers in our frat. No, 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 no I'm not. <laughs> it it it's gonna be the sort of like you know leftist on Twitter who has like Akhab. And like a trans pride flag in their bio, that's going to be the people who are going to be like the aliens are right, they win, they're correct. Yeah. I'm on their side. It's going to be on Twitter. It's going to yeah. be it's going to be the Twitter people. The Twitter people, man. I think I think you know it's all those Emilys with the dyed orange hair and the yerba mate. <laughs> dude, like, that's such a bad brand ooh. though. Like I don't get why girls color their hair like that, dude. Like I appreciate the fact that like you, oh, man. like you know when I see when I see girls with like fucking like pink red orange blue green like really unnatural hair colors it just kind of blows me away i'm like what like what what like you look like a fucking highlighter what are you doing <laughs> and you know it it always strikes me that you know what i'm, I'm i don't want to get canceled yeah let's by, let's but yeah some of that's gonna get cut out it's fine that's fine i think i'll cut do you want to get that cut up? I don't give a shit. Dude. Okay. Okay. If any, any time though, let let us. Yeah, know. Yeah. Like, I mean, look. Yeah, I don't want anything to come back and basically like bite me up because mm-hmm. I'm trying to do mm-hmm. like cool things. And but then, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll go back to the Marine story. Yeah. Cool. Um. So you decided to join the Marines. Join the Marines. Fuck yeah. So so you show up, man. Like so the Marine Corps. The first forty hours, you don't sleep. Um, what? Yeah. So like they just keep you up like you're getting all your vaccines. So there's this thing called a peanut butter shot penicillin because basically like think about it. It's like a fucking Petri dish of people, um, literally people coming from all over all backgrounds um, from all over the country traveling through airports and all that shit. And uh, you get this this vial of of, uh, penicillin that's refrigerated. It has a consistency of peanut butter and uh, it goes right in above your tailbone. And uh, you got to massage it in. It's called a peanut butter shot. And you got to massage it in. And of course, the first thing that happens after you, after you get the peanut butter shot, you get hazed by the drill instructors. So like you're just like, oh my fucking god, dude. Can so, I ask what they did? Like, like oh so can you give examples? Yeah. So basically, it's it it involves like so it's called IT incentive training because like so there there there's stuff I will share and there's stuff I won't share because okay. it's like Marines only. Yeah. Um. So, like, most of it involved just, like, fucking you up with, like, exercise. Like, uh, burpee. Like, think just, like, burpees, push-ups, um, mountain climbers, jumping jacks, um, sprinting around. Like, constantly under anxiety all the time. Just under the stress of, like, you know, because, the, the, like, it's any mistake you make, they just explode, right? So that's this kind of thing that you kind of start walking on eggshells all the time until you realize that like, oh shit, I've got this because this them yelling at me is not not going to phase me, you know? Okay. And like, it's it really culminates in this thing called the Crucible, which is another 48-hour event. It's like um, 
or I think it's a three-day event now. I don't know. It's a long, it was a long-ass event, like 40, 40, uh, 40 mile hike, um, you know, no food, uh, wow. we just got water, wow. and uh, it, we, we, it was just a culminating event, right? But before that, uh, we do what's called the confidence chamber, and that's where you get gassed. So uh, C, CS gas or like um, tear gas, right? And uh, basically what happens is you go in with your mask on, and they like the, the they they drop these little tablets in like a heating dish that kind of vaporizes these uh sub, subliminates these things into into the gas the gas tear gas the tear gas yeah they fucking gas you right <laughs> so you're sitting there and you're like okay I can already like you start to feel it on the back of your neck and like your pores because you're wearing a gas mask right so you're breathing fine but you're starting to feel it in all your pores and you're like this is gonna fucking suck and then they say take off the mask. And so they allow you to take it off. No, they tell you to take it off. You don't want to take off the mask, man. Because while while they're putting in the dish, yeah. we, they're still hazing you. So you're still doing push-ups and shit. And like you're starting to feel like... Because see, here's what happens is when you heat up, your pores open up, right? Yeah. And guess what CS gas does? It goes directly into your pores. And it fucking hurts. Oh my um, God, what? Yeah, so, so you're already burning and you can feel it and you know it's going to suck. And then they say, take off your mask. So you have to take off your mask and hold it out in front of you, right? And you're just dying. Like, you're like, holy fuck, holy fuck. Like, people tried to leave. You get tackled. Like, you cannot fucking leave. Um, and so, like, then you have to put the mask back on and clear it. So this is to train you that if you get fucking gassed, this is how you have to respond. You put your mask back the fuck on. You clear it. Um, and uh, now you're breathing again. And you're like, holy shit. And you're, everything is still on fire. Like, your mucous membranes, all your eyes, uh, your, your mouth, like, Everything is just on fire and you're just like, oh my God, what have I done? And you're breathing and you're like kind of calming back down. And then they say, take it off again. And you're like, what? And then you take it off and you're like, wait, this isn't as bad as last time. I'm not dying. Okay. I can survive this. I have my wits about me again. I'm not freaking out. And that's when you put your mask back on and you're like, okay. Fuck, that burns. Now what? And that's it. So Wow, that's so, powerful. Yeah, man. So what it's what it's meant to do is give you that confidence back, right? That hey, you dealt with it. Now you can do something better. Right. You've come you've come up against a challenge. You've met it. You didn't back away. So I mean some people tried to, but you faced it. You came back, it didn't kill you. you faced it again, it didn't kill you. All right. It kind of builds that confidence back up so you can have that. Like for me, I believe that like there's nothing I like if I really set my focus to something, I can I can do it outside of like, you know, becoming like a fucking astronaut or some shit like that. But like realistically speaking, like there there is nothing that I cannot achieve that I could reasonably want. That is something I love about the military and the Marines mm -hmm. specifically. Mm -hmm. Like everybody respects the fuck out of the Marines. You know what I mean? Yeah, you guys man. are all fucking badasses. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't consider myself a badass, but yeah, man, like, um, I, I, I get what you're saying, the sentiment. Um, so like the discipline. Yeah, discipline. I think discipline, you know, Jocko Wilnick, you know, discipline equals freedom. Mm -hmm. and, Love Jocko. Yeah, man. Like, whenever whenever I'm like kind of a little fucked, I always go back to that one video that where he's just like, good, you know? And wait, wait, which one? Um, the it, TED Talk? Not the TED Talk. It's, oh, shit. It, I gotta watch that one. I'll send it to you, man. Okay. It's, it's like a two-minute little motivational video. Oh, okay. And he talks about like when, you know, you know, when shit doesn't go your way, good, you know, um, didn't get the gear you wanted, good, didn't get the job you wanted, good, 
didn't, you know, like didn't whatever happened happened. You, you can't do anything about it. So might as well say good because now we have the opportunity to do something else. You know, mm-hmm. um, it, we have an opportunity to create a solution. We have an opportunity to go on a new mission. We have an opportunity to whatever it might be, you know, achieve something else. Excuse me. So um, that idea of being disciplined is very important because I think patience and discipline are the two most mm-hmm. important qualities all humans should be, should really try to develop for themselves because discipline is what enables, you know, process saves us from the poverty of our intentions, right? And discipline is effectively process that you do things even when you don't want to do them. Like I didn't fucking want to work out this morning. I was tired and I was, it was just like, no. Do you do that thing where you wake up at 4 a.m.? Well, today, 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 I didn't have a choice. Like my body kind of woke up. So my body has this thing. So I have a circadian rhythm disorder uh, because of the Marine Corps, because like <laughs> for, for like six months at a time, um, I would stay up just, I would be night crew. So uh, I would be at work from 3 p.m. to 2 a.m. Okay. So like it would, so I would sleep from like 3 a.m. to like 1 p.m. And it's not a really good quality sleep. Um, mm-hmm. But anyways, so that, that uh, I, I get up, my body typically wakes up at like 5.30. Yeah. Regardless of what time zone I'm in. I need that discipline. <laughs> well, you say that, but like, you know, sometimes, because once my brain turns on, it's on and I can't oh. go back to sleep, you know? Oh. So that's kind of the problem. So that's why, um, yeah, it's kind of a pain in the ass. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So you're in the Marines. Right. You go through training. Go through training. How long is training? So boot camp is typically three months long. Yeah. So oh, three months. Okay. Three months. Yeah. So it's the longest boot camp of any uh, anyone except the Coast Guard, I think. But the Coast Guard is another level um, because you have to do a lot of swimming, and swimming is hard. Oh. Yeah. Like everyone, like when you think of swimming, people think of like recreational swimming, right? They don't think of like survival swimming or rescue swimming or diving or like oh. you know. So that's all like next level stuff, like. The Coast Guard, like, we bash on the Coast Guard all the time, but the Coast Guard is probably the most operationally effective. Like, um, now, now they're a law enforcement branch. They used to be a military branch, but okay. now they fall under the Department of Homeland Security. No. We got to talk about them a bit more later because okay. I'm curious, what like, what do they do? Like, So they, 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 yeah, I mean, we can talk about it now. Okay, like, like yeah, sure. So basically, like, drug, drug, drug abatement, human trafficking abatement, um, maritime law, um, smuggling, all that shit. So, okay. like... Um, and so that's, that's like the law enforcement side. And then there's the, the, the search and rescue side, the SAR. Um, I mm. forgot what the name of the movie is oh. but with Kevin Costner. Oh, that's an old movie. No, it's not that old. Oh, what? Um, but I forgot. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. The, the Coast Guard movie. <laughs> Shit. The Guardian. Yeah, The Guardian. The Guardian. That's, it's a powerful movie because like it really shows you like, like you see what selflessness is because we don't see selflessness a lot in our society. And I think like SAR guys, especially fucking open water, that shit, that, man. Yeah. Because if your bird goes down to the water, they're the ones coming after you. If your bird? Yeah. Your plane. Your plane. If your plane goes down in the water. So that's what the Marine Corps does, right? So the Marine Corps is an amphibious attack force. So what makes the Marine Corps special outside of being the Marine Corps is the fact that it uses a combined arms package, Right. So like typically the army attacks with like ground assets and like Apache attack helicopters and Blackhawks and shit. Right. The Air Force just controls the fucking sky. They also have um, 
like satellites and stuff, but now that's spun off into the Space Force, right? So the Air Force controls the sky and telecommunications, and the Space Force controls a lot of super secret squirrel stuff, right? Um, the Navy controls the water. The Navy is the most powerful branch, by the way, of the military. Like, oh, really? Yeah, by well, orders of magnitude. You have to have an extreme amount of money to have aircraft carrier strike groups yep. like that. That It's it's just absolutely insane. The, the maintenance costs oh, of yeah. just keeping so, one of those things mm-hmm. afloat and running with a nuclear power reactor on board. Like that's, it's, it's gotta get all the most funding. It yeah. has to, there's just no, it's, it's no other way about it. It's the most important asset of the United States. To um, blue water Navy to project yeah. power all around the world. Yep. The Navy is today and has always been, and probably always will be mm-hmm. for practical purposes, the most important branch oh, yeah. of the military until the Navy becomes like a space Navy. Yeah, I 100% yeah, agree. Yeah, Space Navy, right. Yeah, Space Navy. Oh, dude, I wish. See, that's that's what really bums me out because that's probably like 200 years away and mm. I would love to join the Space Navy, dude. Unless unless we really hand off our society to AI in like the next 30 years. If we can do that, then we might have a chance at like an Imperial fleet to span the stars. <laughs> yeah, sort of a Warhammer 40K Fuck type yeah, shit. yeah, bro. Are you, are you in 40K? Oh my. Nah, nah, I know okay. the basic lore. No, I'm that's, super that's into it. 40K. Yeah, <laughs> I'm super into 40K. Okay. Yeah. Um, so Marine Corps, or do you want to talk about something else? I don't care. I was going to talk about like, if our military is so powerful, mm-hmm. um, what are the reasons to not just invade Russia other than nukes? Um because it's going to fuck up the world man it's going to destabilize markets so much it's going to cause it's going to cause like the united states committing to like so the united states wouldn't have to invade russia to defeat russia militarily we wouldn't have to right okay how do we take down russia uh just launch lots of fucking missiles at them but they're going to send it back well we have lots of defenses the western world is much better at sort of missile defense yeah. systems can we you know, intercept of, all all of the nukes i think they yeah. have like 500 600 or 6000 they have 5000 to, to give you an, well we would probably launch a cyber attack to destroy them realistically or we would just take them out. yeah that's true to disable the yeah. missiles before they can or even we would do just it. attack their power grids like there there's a lot of ways that we like so you, because, you don't have to destroy the nukes you can yeah. stop them before they get off the ground yeah but i want to answer your question the reason we don't do that is because they're the powers that be do not want the war in ukraine to end that's why whoa whoa that's a hot take yeah man so the way i see it is that all right the build-up in what's what's happening in ukraine is a result of like 20 years of failed western policy from nato and the west with failed commitments to the ukrainian government and people to say we will protect you from russian influence because we we helped like everyone forgets that we helped coordinate the fucking overthrow of their previous Russian loyal government. And that's what really began this sort of whole um, Russian try, Russia trying to justify a reason to invade Ukraine and re- reassert their um, reassert their uh, homogeny in the area. Because Vladimir Putin's strategic mindset is that as more countries are added to NATO, that's going to put pressure on him and he will be able to maintain his power and his influence in the region. I believe he's trying to reestablish the Soviet bloc. What the so this is a little more conspiratorial. Um, we but, love conspiracies. Okay, so basically, what happened? Um, so if you all remember when President Obama, who I respect but believe is a war criminal, 
Oh, okay. Yeah. So if you don't know about what what happened, what's happening in Yemen, um, mm, I that, heard about that. Yeah. So short, 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 short and dirty. In order to placate the Saudis, who are effectively like North Koreans, except you know, wealthy. Um, <laughs> that's that's that, that that that's what that government is. Mm-hmm. Um, in order to placate the Saudis, President Obama decided to escalate a war in Yemen against the Houthi rebels, who were a faction of um, Yemen's. Yemenis um, who were fighting a battle against the Saudis because the Saudis were trying to assert their power into Yemen. And uh, the United States uh, started giving the Saudis a shitload of weapons and we ourselves went in and killed a lot of fucking people. So War crimes. Yeah. And now... War crimes. Now, well, because we, we had no authorization to be there. And what the Saudis are doing to the Yemen, Yemenis oh. people, it's horrible. It's horrifying. Um, on top of that, they're U.S. weapons. Oh, my God. So it's just like, okay, cool, cool. Okay, but tangent back, Russia, Vladimir Putin. So, yeah, Vladimir Putin is asserting, his, he's trying to assert his power back because NATO, he, he has a legitimate reason to be threatened by NATO from his perspective, right? So his his strategy is to assert power in as as, as uh well as he can with the limited assets he has because the russian economy is really just based on a fossil fuel economy and that fossil it's fuel it's a petro co- state yeah exactly and as the world begins to devalue that and start valuing alternative fuels um his economy is going to suffer and him and his friends who are incredibly wealthy are also going to suffer so but yeah, I don't think anyone in the West either wants wants the war in uh, Ukraine to end. Like that's that's me being a little more cynical, because the way I see it is that with the war in Ukraine, the West can keep acting like they're doing something by being noncommittal. They don't have see they can they can say, look, Russia, we're not actually fighting you. We're just giving them weapons and aid. We're not actually fighting you because if they actually wanted the war to stop, why would they be sending ex- extra weapons? We would just need to use air power to end the war. Because the Russian assets aren't capable of stopping our fucking F-35s. No one is. So it asks, begs the question, because if we're going to make these grand gestures that democracy is so important and we need to da 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 and be like super strong and support, then why don't we fucking go there? Give why? them F-35s? No, why don't we go to Ukraine? Like, why like, don't direct, we go to Ukraine? We send troops in Boots Ukraine. on the ground. Yeah, boots on the fucking ground. Because like, they have nukes, right? That's what, that's what they keep saying. But like the nuke issue... They don't want the war in Ukraine to end. They don't want the war. So it's the it's the threat of nukes. To me, strategy wise, doesn't make sense because if you start using nukes in Ukraine, what you're doing is you're contaminating the most important soil in Europe. That's true, Ooh. and that's also partially why they want it is for it's the control exactly. over yeah. all that fertile land and that, to, to completely vaporize it. Mm-hmm. It's it's. It doesn't make strategy. It's the opposite right. of Russia's goals. So, yeah, and... It makes the war worthless for them. Yeah, so Russia is attempting to take land. That's what all wars are about. It's taking land and the resources associated with that land, whether they're people, whether they're natural resources, or whatever it might be. That's what war is about. And, like, it's literally the definition of one country exerting its will on another. Um, unfortunately, the controlled application of violence is a very effective tool at asserting your will. Um, that's what the military does. We are the controlled application of violence to assert our interests. Um, 
The United States does not have allies. We have client states. We do not have um, friends or enemies. We have interests. Um, that's the way we ha like we should approach global politics. Not in the sense that we need to stand for democracy. Like I personally am not a huge fan of democracy. I think democracy is kind of pretty 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 Ooh, stupid. Evan, so what what form of government would you advocate for? <sighs> Authoritarian. Oh, but any any specific genre of authoritarianism? Um, you know, I'm not sure. So the way I would see it is that it's one strong leader with a tribunal of like executors who are carrying out like the plan of the day. Um, but I mean, honestly, I always see it with me in charge and I know what I would do. And I, of course, think that I know what's right. So that's why I kind of so like like okay, so, give sorry, me an uh, issue. Give me an issue and I would give you my stance. Uh, nuclear energy. Nuclear energy, one hundred percent pro. One hundred percent pro. Me too. I second you, that. You, you, you're not, I'm definitely an anti-nuclear person. You're an anti-nuclear. I'm a pro-nuclear okay, yeah, person. I I'm, am not an anti-nuclear yeah, person. It doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. If we're going to solve the climate crisis, oh, yeah. the only way we're going to do it now mm -hmm. is with nuclear. Like that. Well, not like that, but but it would be the thing. The smoothest, quickest, fastest. Yeah best way to transition away from carbon fuels is nuclear energy 100 percent produces no greenhouse gases yeah it produces radioactive fuel or radioactive waste but here's the thing the amount of radioactive waste produced um that would power a home for 20 years uh will fit inside of a shoebox it's just also not only that but we can control the externalities of nuclear waste mm -hmm. because we can cite all of that waste in one place. Exactly. Whereas you can't control what happens what happens to the air because yeah. it all just mixes up. So you can't yeah. you can't I think that's the true reason why nuclear waste is better to have than carbon. Well, like yeah, thorium you know, in the fucking smokestacks coming out. Like that's the other thing. Like yeah, coal and oil and gas being used for energy is just really like electric electrical generation. I, I yeah, nuclear energy to me is is the only way really forward for our electrical grid unless we develop fusion, which I I don't really see happening in the next like more than like less than ten years maybe. But if we develop fusion and if we're able to get that technology and use it, um, uh, that would change everything. We have to write about that. I yeah. think freaking class. Yeah, I think. <laughs> I think for that's crazy commercial yeah. application. I would say that fission or fusion is mm. probably at least forty years away for commercial. That's what application. they always say. Yeah. I think, oh, commercial. I think for the actual like just demonstration that it works as a technology. Mm -hmm. I would say we're, that's a, that's a good ten years yeah. because 10 they years. have that's fair. they have that. Um, in France, yeah, SETI. Uh, yeah. No, not SETI. Um, uh, Tar. No, uh, I'm forgetting the name of the reactor, but it doesn't mm -hmm. matter. They're setting up the big fusion reactor testing thing mm -hmm. in France, mm -hmm. and so I think they're definitely going to be able to prove that we can do this. But yeah. I think in terms of like Commercial actually hooked up to the grid, mm -hmm. actually producing electricity that right. I use at my house, right. That's decades of like forty years at minimum. Yeah, I think I think the most reasonable way forward is small modular reactors. I think that's definitely the way to go. I think also research into thorium salt reactors is yes. a really really promising yeah, area. Think, yeah, and I think it's a shame that China is the country leading the world in that right now, mm -hmm. and not any of the Western countries. I think mm -hmm. certain countries in the Western world, like 
Australia mm-hmm. should be tremendously pro nuclear because mm-hmm. they have some so many uranium mm-hmm. ore resources mm-hmm. that they you know it, it really would be in Australia's interest to mm-hmm. put those assets to use. Mm-hmm. So I would I would imagine that it should, although it's not, but it mm-hmm. should be Australia's energy policy to promote, you know, mm-hmm. nuclear reactors. That that would make sense. But obviously, Western sentiments, Western countries' actions depend more on public opinion than on what's right for the country. Absolutely. Um, That's why. So yeah, exactly. So in in a sort of dictatorship, if you will. Um, the way I would say it is, yeah, everyone. I prefer to think of it as a benevolent absolute monarchy. Yeah, I don't want to be a monarch. I just want to be in charge to fix everything and then we can fuck off. The president? Well, not so much the president, like more like Speaker of the House, um, because mm. that way I don't need a general election to be elected. He wants the, to be the chancellor of the Reichstag. Yeah, well. <laughs> um, more like you know <laughs> a party leader that gets elected the prime minister more like the like the supreme leader like just oh like you want to be kim Star jong-un Wars. yeah just not Star, oh. not kim jong-un oh, that's too much man more like you know i want a secret like secret police and their whole job is just to audit people like audit every government fucking agency just going through all their shit oh my god now you're just having me thinking of fight club yeah having your own army yeah well 100 that's what that's like rule number one of all dictators to have a secret police right so like my secret police would be a bunch of fucking accountants with mp5s and uh (laughs) oh my god we know know an accountant that is the coolest thing that i've ever heard in my life yeah just a bunch i'm just imagining it this is absolutely hilarious Uh right the idea of just these men and like there's a bunch of nerds with like glasses and ties running around with like just weapons like like, that's just wild flipping around they're all in tactical gear fucking reading over books and like we're looking through papers and shit you know so like but that's basically what it would so what i would really like to do is focus software development on an artificial intelligence system that would be able to automatically audit things and start going through the entire like government budget like everyone's all over um and just see where all the fucking money's going because that's the one thing so like you so know you is so i i am imagining then that it's your position that there's a tremendous amount of corruption oh yeah in these agencies and in the united states government not so as much a corruption um, well it is corruption, corruption because if you're if you're stealing money if you're embezzling mm, money from mm, the organization that you work for that's mm. absolutely corruption well not so much embezzling money but more like favoritism in contracting favoritism in the way you spend money spending money that you don't need to spend because you won't get it next year because you might need it next year you know so like i have thrown ammunition out the back of a moving like out of flying aircraft so we Ooh. were able to keep the budget so it's one of those things that's like it's fucking stupid because yeah we spend we waste a lot of money man the united states military consumes about 20 percent of all aviation fuel produced and the united states military can fly fucking a lot like we fly a lot and that's really important because flight currency is really important. You don't want to be rusty when it's time for war. But the problem is you don't know when the war is coming, so you always have to be ready, and that's why you have such high fuel costs. But that's a different issue. Uh, what else were we talking about? Marine Corps. So you left, I guess, why'd you leave the Marine Corps? And then oh, okay. now you're a student. Like, how did yeah, that happen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I left the Marine So I deployed. So I was on the boat 
uh, three times um, and, you know, went first to the Middle East, then to uh, Korean Peninsula, and then Whoa. to uh, uh, South Pacific. Were you at Itaewon? You went to Itaewon, huh? Itaewon? No. Um, I didn't really, we didn't really get off the boat for Korea. Aww. Yeah. So I've only been to Kunsan and Seoul. Um, yeah. Yeah. Wait, no. Kunsan is the base. Gunsan is the place. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, our previous guest, Angela. Yeah, yeah. She's she Korean. was talking about. Um, is she Korean? I'm sorry. She is Korean. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. she's Korean. She's talking about street food. I saw. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, Korean street food is awesome. Um, Korea, but Korea, I don't know. Like, it's different because I was I was living in Japan at the time, so mm. I only like I the only thing I had immediately to compare it to was was Japan, and where we were was in bumfuck Egypt. Like, so that's that's an expression. I didn't know that. Yeah, bumfuck Egypt. But we were in the middle of fucking nowhere in terms of, like, Korea. Mm. Um, so there wasn't a lot to do. It was, like, literally the base and then, like, a little store, a hotel, and farms. That's it. So, yeah. But, yeah. So, so I got out of the yeah. Marine Corps. Um, so there were a couple of things that happened, you know. Um, there, there were a couple of close calls in flight that kind of made me say like, oh shit, I don't know if I really want to do this. Um, and that they, they did kind of fuck me up physically a little bit. In flight? Yeah. You were flying. This wasn't in training. This was a flight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, no. So all flying is training. <laughs> or, you know, like when you're flying, that is like you're normally training. Mm, like okay. um, you, we do do real, real stuff, but like majority of the flying is usually for training purposes so it's to make sure that they're ready to do the real thing okay so like um for me it was we were we were on ready for standby but like mm. i haven't been shot at like you know okay like okay. i haven't been directly shot okay. at but like we have been in country we have done shit like that oh you know? man okay so he's been on the site, but yeah. just not in the actual yeah, battle. Like, you you were back at the because the gov- government's base. like we don't want to send you guys in or something. Yeah, well, not so much that. More like you know, like pulling out dying people, like scrubbing out blood from the aircraft, oh, okay. shit like that. So oh, like man. support people on the ground. So that's what yeah. So that's what the aircraft does. So like the aircraft is not like a direct combat aircraft. It's an assault support aircraft. Mm-hmm. So it it it's there to support the assault. It's there to move 24 marines and to go fuck up shit. It's not there to shoot missiles and like have machine guns. All weapons are defensive, you know. Um So it's really a transport plane. Absolutely. Uh, it's the, so the MV-22 Osprey is a tilt rotor aircraft that has the capability of vertical that takeoff. That thing looks so fucking cool. It is, man. Vertical takeoff capability, and then it's able to fly like a, a prop rotor plane at like 250 miles an hour, which gives it a tremendous amount of range, and then land like a helicopter wherever it lands. So that gives, it's a force multiplier in, in so many ways. It has changed the battle space. It has basically taken, um, I mean, I could show you guys. I gave a presentation on it to Zipline. Like that was part of the interview. They said, hey. "Oh yeah, that was." I was just checking on my phone or yeah. topics because yeah. I wanted to remind myself. And yeah, Zip, I think, Zipline. Yeah, was one of them. Okay, so, so well, well, how about I finish the Marine Corps and then we want to talk about Zipline, or you want to talk about school? Oh, I would. I would much rather talk All about Zipline. But okay, we could talk about both. But yeah. Uh, so yeah, I got out of the Marine Corps. It was just, it was getting too much and my body really just couldn't take it anymore. Mm. And there were more important things I felt that like my life, I needed to do with my life. Mm -hmm. So that was the main thing. So I got to school, got admitted with a 2.0 GPA, barely made it in. Mm. And like, you know, now honors program, Dean's list and like fucking graduating, baby. Let's go. Um, But 
Yeah, man. And then Zipline. So yeah, so uh, Zipline, for those who don't know, is a company that uses autonomous fixed-wing drones, which are flat-winged like regular planes, um, that are used to deliver medical supplies to areas that don't have um, well-developed infrastructure. So like one of the use cases was, I believe, it was Ghana. That was the play land of like a thousand hills. And basically what would happen is if, if a mother is giving birth and like she can't, she needs a blood transfusion, you know, on average it would take four hours in the rainy season because the roads and infrastructure is just so fucked up and that's too long of a time people die. And what Zipline does is takes that four hours and cuts it down to 15 minutes by using autonomous drones that are capable of locking on to delivery sites. I love that idea. And yeah, it's, it's an amazing, amazing thing. Uh, because you are able to now change the level of access people have to healthcare. You're able to deliver medicine. So the use cases, I mean, there's retail. Um, yeah, oh, man. I'm just, Ooh. So, so like. Can you imagine an Amazon drone like flying? Yeah. So what about like <laughs> Walmart? Because Zipline's already on the back of a Walmart in Bentonville, Arkansas. So if you actually look it up on their website, Ooh. there's this Walmart and Zipline. And we, you know. They launch drones and make... That might be yeah. a game changer, actually. Oh, That's a huge disruption. Yeah, it's a huge... doubt oh, because it eliminates nearly 98% of all the carbon in the last mile. Um, mm-hmm, yeah. 94% compared to electric vehicles. I'm, I'm sure it's eco-friendly. Oh, yeah. Well, so it's small lithium-ion batteries that go in, um, launches the bird, and then it goes makes the delivery. And we can have, like, you know, 50 out at one time, making deliveries, recovering them, and launching them back out. Like, you saw the video. It takes about two minutes I to prep did. and launch. Yeah. I, I've also seen mm-hmm. I've, I've seen the website for this company because I mm-hmm. so what I do for work I work for a company that sells torque tools okay. to companies like Zipline. Wait, Zipline's one of your clients. Um, it's one of the companies that we're looking to sell to. Oh, okay. let's go. Um, we don't currently we're not currently a supplier, but I would hey, I would we, love we, to be you a, got a connection right here. <laughs> so wait wait do you work for like Snap on or something? I I work for a company that distributes tools okay. for so just all calibrated tools or uh any kind of calibrated torque tool okay um and we also do custom like manufacturing projects okay so if you need something like weird yeah let's talk about that after for sure okay um but, but yes, yeah so line. so we we have been looking to perhaps sell to zipline so mm. i was familiar with zipline before i actually okay met you right on right on um and i know they do or at least on their website, they mm-hmm. advertise that they have tours that you can go and see the factory where they yeah. make this in South San Francisco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called the Aviary. Uh, I would love to see this. I yeah. really, I want to go. It sounds so fascinating. It is. It is. Um, so, yeah. Was it yesterday I went or day before yesterday? What was? That yesterday? was yesterday. Yesterday, yeah. Wow. It already feels long ago, man. That was um, amazing. Yeah, it was. It, it You know, and I'm, I'm you know expecting an offer and i'm just so excited like mm. yeah so i really hope you get it me too man thank you thank you and your major is uh management information systems mis yes mis which is you know the new hotness unfortunately it, well, not it's unfortunately. just computer science but business version not even computer science man what is it it's the best way i would describe mis is that we're a translator we're able to t- translate technical problems into business problems and vice versa as well as deliver solutions that affect both right? So my job is typically, 
I would describe an MIS person as the, the sort of nexus point between engineering and business or engineering, anyone technical and anyone non-technical. Okay, this actually sounds like what should be my field. Yeah. Um, because <laughs> I, I, I totally get like a lot of these engineering things. Mm-hmm. Like I was just talking with my previous guest that mm-hmm. is in an unreleased episode about mm-hmm. the d- different types of propulsion systems in aircraft engines, right? right? I know things like what a bypass ratio is on an Mm -hmm. aircraft, right? But but I also am interested in like the economics of why you want a high bypass ratio Mm -hmm. because then it's more fuel efficient. Mm -hmm. So then you save money on your like fuel costs as an Mm -hmm. airline, right? I should absolutely be an MIS and I never knew that until now. Yeah. So that's, that's one, one thing I really don't want to say I dislike about San Jose state, but I feel like, the school does a very poor job at messaging in terms of what they message and in the volume of what they message. Like I think career development and personal development should be far more at the forefront rather than trying to, um, I guess, be accommodating. That's the best way I I can describe it. Honestly, I get such a volume of emails Mm -hmm. about what the the president is doing or what the chancellor is doing or, you know what what the what the Cal State you know yeah, no system one, president is doing. Yeah. Like, no I cares. don't care. Yeah. I really don't care. As a student, I don't give a flying fuck about what Chancellor, whatever his name, is doing in the Cal State system. Like, I really don't. I yeah. really, really don't. I'm trying to get out of the Cal State system, you know. And and I think, <laughs> and like I think I think I completely agree that the resources for students and how you can use them. Mm-hmm should be the only emails that I get yeah, from the administration. 100%. I should not be getting any of this insane, like, oh, today is like, have coffee with Mary Papazian day. Like, I <laughs> really I don't want, want to. to. <laughs> like, I re- like I'm o- if I'm going there, I'm uh-huh. only going there for the coffee, and then I'm going to leave. Like, nice. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not nice. going to sit there Ball and talk move. to Mary Papazian. Like, Ball I just, I don't care. Yeah. You know, I, I think they really overestimate the amount that students want to get involved in the administration of their school. We really don't. The only, the only thing that we want out of our administration <laughs> is to lower our fucking tuition. That is it. Amen to Nobody that. cares about anything else. There's not a single other issue that I would ever go to the university administration to talk about i would never sit there and be like you know what we really really need a new fucking science building like i'm sorry and it's not just because i'm a business major right i I would never be like oh you know what we really need newer classrooms right Mm -hmm. the building's fine you know like it's just just you give me resources that i can use not Mm -hmm. just a building to sit in or some bullshit like that and that's always what they want to to press on us yeah you know, it's just some some bullshit, some physical, tangible product that doesn't matter to me because I'm only going to be here for the next four years, we're not transitory. the next 40. Yeah, we're transitory. How like, about more connections to, like, alumni? Because I know, like, Harvard yeah. and stuff, they do stuff where they have fairs that you go to meet alumni. And a lot of times, that's how you establish your network. Yeah. Okay, but I think that also really has to do with the culture that you yeah. establish as a as a school because yeah. if you don't instill the culture of wanting to actually come back and help out yeah then you're not going to get any alumni to show up to that kind of thing there right? is no culture here you're yeah. right yeah exactly SJSU doesn't yeah. bother to have a culture so 
unless you really sit there and be like, it, it, in that sense, it almost becomes a fraternity because it's like you have to have this <laughs> sense of lifelong commitment, right? Yeah. You you have to have this, this we're, we all stick together till the end, right? Yeah. Then you can have sort of like alumni I, I feel like like, like a, a lot of my friends, because uh, I'm from, a lot of my friends went to Berkeley mm-hmm. and I feel like they do a good job of that. Staying connected. I, I think, think so. I there's think, like a lot of pride. Yeah. So I think there's there's a lot of pride because they get hired at a lot of prestigious places. Well, that's because they are prestigious, right? Getting I mean, into Berkeley isn't easy. Uh, like, I think schools are only prestigious because of names and then they only get competitive because they're considered prestigious. I, I think this is... Chicken and the egg. Yeah. It, it's like this is... It's is Stanford, is Stanford the best because they're very very selective or is it because the highest quality applicants in the world only apply there yeah exactly you know so that's that's kind of the thing is that like you know if you look at stanford like so like my my aspirational thing is to to go to stanford this decade for my mba because i want to i want to be like an adjunct professor because i think i'd be a pretty good instructor you'd be an amazing professor you would, i think you would you be very fascinating as a professor i think so so yeah you need an mba for that and I think I did pretty well in college, so mm-hmm. why not? Stanford Business School. Yep. So that that's like that's an aspirational thing. But coming back to what you were talking about, so like I think it's Cambridge or Oxford that forces students to eat with each other. This Oxford. Yeah. So and they harp on that shit like seriously. Like that is the thing you will do. You shall eat together. Like it's like fucking Hogwarts, man. Yeah, like, I've actually been there. Oh yeah, I, I went to the physical site. Yeah, Hogwarts. What? No, no, no not the fucking Hogwards, <laughs> Oxford. But it, it looks exactly like that, and that's where they got the inspiration for the room. Yeah, man. Um, but yeah, like it, it's exactly so like the huge hall, huge table, huge long table. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like ho- it's Oxford, real. Oxford is a place that I would also like really want to go to for for gra- for graduate school because I think it would be a very important experience to have. And if I spoke another language, I would try to go like spoke another language at like a graduate level. Would I would try to go to another? I would go to a school in another. Some some like French academy, yeah, like or French something. or like German. Like yeah. I would probably go to a German school. Yeah, I I feel like or the the Swiss. only like the places that have like the best universities mm-hmm. on the planet that are not in America, I would say, is probably Britain, Germany, and France. Uh, like, I would also and throw maybe in Switzerland, Japan. Japan, Japan, definitely uh, Singapore. Wait, does Singapore have schools? I don't I'm know, sure, they but have I want to go have there. at least one university, but I don't know. I just said Singapore because I assumed they would have. No, I'm sure they do. They have to. It's yeah, a country. It's in- <laughs> Singapore. <laughs> it's, right? Yeah, they have everything. They're, they're very rich. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised. I, I if would want to go to a school that's like a thousand years old. Like that's why Oxford mm. was like one of those things. Yeah. It's like founded in 1200. Yeah. So I would want to go to a school that's that you're not going there just like that has a history because San Jose state tries to have a history. And like, mm-hmm. I don't want to get too down on San Jose state cause it's, it's done wonders for me. Right. But like mm-hmm. on the flip side, I feel like the potential is wasted because San Jose as a city, you know, has changed so much, man. And yeah, I think San Jose state doesn't do enough to leverage the fact that they are, they produce people who go into the Valley right mm-hmm. the valley runs on san jose state students and i don't feel like they leverage that silicon valley identity mm-hmm. enough because they don't want to because the silicon valley identity is rich venture capitalists making a shitload of money but that's exactly what, what that's a fantastic image to exactly. have like 
But uh, if that's exactly the school that I would want to go to, if somebody showed me an advertisement and they said, "Oh, you can be, you know, uh, a you know a, a conscious individual." Or there was one that said you can make an absolute fuckload of money. Yeah. I'm gonna go to the school that says you can make an absolute fuckload of money. That sounds a lot more enticing than you can be a conscious individual. Like I can go to therapy to do that. Yeah, exactly. I'm like I, I have other ways of doing that. I don't I don't need to go to university to do that. Yeah. I, I want to go to university to make a shitload of so I can make a shitload of money. Well, you, you don't know? need like, to go to so that that's, you don't need that either, mm-hmm. but it's it's sh- that should be so <laughs> I, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. I think so. I think the beauty of San Jose State is that it is a very transformative university, and they, they harp on that a lot. And what I mean by that is like, you know, think of it this way. Think of it if you're like an international student who just fucking gets into San Jose State, and you get you get a fucking green card and you can go to San Jose State, mm-hmm. and that's crazy. Like wherever you're coming from, and then from there you get a job with a company like Google, who's saying, you know what, we will sponsor you for a visa. And now you go from like maybe make where you were facing maybe making $300 a month to making like potentially $30,000 a month. You know, that's pretty fucking crazy. Um, So I I do think San Jose State can offer that. But unfortunately, I think it gets watered down um, because it's wasted on students. Um, And when I say that, I mean... Most students now are too distracted. Like, so, you know, if we want, we can talk about student student involvement or engagement in class. Dude, I think Mm -hmm. you are like 90% of the engagement from our class. Oh, yeah. Um, Like. Absolutely. (laughs) Unfortunately. And I'm like 3%. Yeah, man. Unfortunately, I think people are just, you know, it's a combination of things. People are distracted. People don't Mm -hmm. care. People are nervous and scared and like that makes me so upset it's like how are you gonna be a fucking college student how are you be gonna like especially in that class how are you gonna be a, a graduating senior and be nervous about like giving presentations or participating like i don't know man like i get it the way he lectures is really boring boring yep. like and he just drones and he doesn't really have a way of like speaking or changing his inflection in the sense that his tone is always of like a light games you know yeah dude it's just like he's 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 i don't know but anyways, gamify stuff. Yeah, that's man. education. Just yeah, man. If you if you like educational video games, so coming back to gaming company that doesn't suck is you know making educational video games because mm. you know every male under the age of like fifty has played video games at least once in his life, and if you're like most people or at least most guys, you have some video games. You've play, you have some experience with video games, mm-hmm. and there are some video games you enjoy that you would regularly play. So I think if we're able to adapt that like you said, gamify it, I think we can really change. That's like, a lot of money. You know what, Evan? That's our second company. Okay. That might be our first company. Yeah, um, we, I don't think either one of us has any technological you don't experience need to, in again, that field. You don't, you you don't just need, need, we talked about this, right? We don't need You just need experience. to organize it. You need to organize it. You need to organize it, and people talented will come just to you. Just go find the nerds. Tell them to I write. know a lot of software engineers. We yeah. go to San Jose State. You know That's fair. That's just, fair. Yeah, I know a lot of people who would be qualified That's another thing about San Jose State. I think... We do have a lot of students, mm-hmm. and if you go out there and look for people mm-hmm. and make friends, there's like even in our frat, yeah. for example, Just Tomo. Try. We know four aerospace engineers. If they can code a fucking rocket that goes into space, they can code a website and code some educational video games. Yeah. Or we know people. We know Alexis. And you can find more software engineers here in the Bay Area or remotely. Like software engineers can be anywhere. So that's fair. That's fair. But. What it's really about is developing games that are fun. And Ooh. that's the challenge. Because you can have a game that's challenging, but that's not necessarily fun. 
Like, it's a very fine balance. Like, game development, like, so for me, game development is a very passionate thing. Like, I've thought of, like, maybe three games that I would really want to develop, and they'd be, like, the core titles. But coming back to education, like, you know, uh, games like Civilization and Factorio mm. are two games that I've learned a lot from in terms of, like, process management as well as history, you know. So, like, I think that games have the potential to be both entertaining and informative. They just need to be created in such a way to do that. And unfortunately the current models for gaming don't really facilitate that. They only facilitate this commercial transaction and not really any kind of educational, oops, educational or um, informative kind of like, you know, development system. Yeah. Civilization. Yeah. Always just one more freaking turn, man. I yeah. every love, time. I love Civ Five. I'm a huge fan. I, I love uh, to play that. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Like I have a lot of friends that play Civ Five. I got Civ Six free from Epic Game Store, and so that's all I play. <laughs> okay. So yeah, I got it for free. So, yeah, I, like, that's fair. That's fair. I, yeah. I don't know. I I have seen Civ yeah. Six gameplay. I've played the demo. I did not like it. Yeah, I I, I get that. Um, I get that. Definitely. I, I like. Um, I think Civ Five is still in my is my in my opinion is the best Civ overwhelmingly game. positive man. Um, I think. God, there's nothing like getting to the late game and being so powerful that no other country rivals you in any way whatsoever. Yeah. Right. There's nothing like getting to the end of the game and being the hyper power. Yeah, man. Like that's so satisfying. Yeah, man. Big Duke energy. <laughs> <laughs> like swinging around as a nation, bro. Yeah. Man, that's what like, America does. That's what aircraft carriers are for. They add inches to our dick as a nation. Absolutely. That's why China is trying to make them. Yeah. They want to have a blue water Navy. So that they Good can luck. they can add add inches. Good luck. They're gonna need a lot more inches to add. So so the, the problem is is that you know they can they can build the navy as quick as possible. They could build a more technologically advanced navy. What they don't have is the experience. Coordinating multiple flight decks. Like think about that for a second. Coordinating the flight deck of an aircraft carrier is already fucking complex as hell. Coordinating multiple flight decks in an ARG amphibious readiness group. Like, the way the Marine Corps Ooh. deploys is very fucking dangerous. Like, all of these things require... Like, we say our NATOPs, the Naval Aviation Training Operational uh, Procedure Standardization. Uh, that's our manual that we use to tell us what we can and cannot do with the aircraft. It's written in blood. And what mm -hmm. I say... When I, what, I, what I mean when I say that is that, like... The things that it says not to do, it's because somebody's done it before and exactly. died. Yeah. Exactly. So, like... You know, it's from that that, you know, we develop our, our doctrines and shit like that. Like the United States, the way the Marine Corps fights is very different from the way like the army fights are like. Oh. Yeah. So we, we actually go towards the enemy. Like we actively go towards the gunfire. We actively advance on the enemy at all times. Like the Marine Corps, like we, we don't even call it retreating. We call it advancing in another direction. We, it's like, instead of going straight, we'll just flank and come back around and hit you from the other side. Like, mm. so the purpose of the Marine Corps fire team is to locate close with and uh, destroy the enemy by cl uh, firing close combat. You guys have smaller, like fire teams than exactly. army, right? Yeah. Well, I don't know how big the army fire teams are, okay. but like the, they're restructuring the Marine Corps fire team now to have more technologically advanced capabilities. Like they'll have a drone operator that'll be able to provide real time Intel from the sky. Oh so yeah so Just like, like the movies yeah exactly mm. um so yeah Marines. do you feel that i i mean i have a tremendous amount of respect for the military in general mm -hmm. but also the marines in specific but do you feel that there is 
in a, in a form of advertisement, mm-hmm. uh, a romanticization of oh, absolutely. military life? Well, military life, I don't think anyone really romant Like, especially the Marine Corps, I don't like... It's, part of the brand is it's going to fucking suck. That's part of the brand. Um, with other branches, I'm not so sure. Because, like, you know what's interesting? Is that the Army is advertising... Like, I saw this commercial talking about actual friends and i thought that was very interesting because when you think about it because you guys are in a fraternity we are so that's a very different experience than the overwhelming majority of college students the overwhelming majority of college students don't have close friends at least at this school in the sense that yeah they're close friends i second that they're 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 just classmates right yeah like they're they're fair weather don't have a class with them they're not your friend yeah they're fair look not even that like you know they're they're Ability to develop a meaningful relationship is already greatly impacted by by their distraction, their, their fact, the fact that they're distracted by their phone. But um, dude, the phone is so bad for you. Yeah, dude. Like it's that's that's its own thing, man. Um, over the break, we were talking a little bit about um, oh fuck, I forgot what I was talking about. Oh yeah, talking about like thinking about insane things, right? Like is, cheese is cheese in the ocean. Yes, like, like cheese the ocean in the being ocean. Made out of cheese. Yeah. Like, all right, what kind of cheese? Like molten cheese, like nacho no, cheese. But uh, it wouldn't stay molten for long. Like, what would be the, like, oh, we're just assuming it's in a perpetual motion. Yes, we're state. assuming okay. that it's all molten. Yeah, well, the sea is made, ocean's made of cheese, so might as well assume it's molten. Um, all right, so, but that's not appealing because if it's molten, then you can't really, like, swim in the cheese or, like, like, what are you going to do? Go to the beach? Like, the sand is going to be the cheese. Would and- you be, what you could do is, like, have, like, a boat that goes out into the cheese. But and then the you, like, stick a it. huge net. And you just, like, <laughs> grab That's up gross. all the cheese. <laughs> That's fucking gross, man. Like, yo, what are you, cheese fishermen? You just yeah, get, dude. like, a big-ass bucket. And you just drag it behind uh, the boat. Dude, and then you no. you fill it up with this massive amount of cheese, <laughs> and you take it back to the land and you sell it. Dude, like, how are you gonna keep it like from spoiling <laughs> molten cheese? What is it gonna? Is it gonna cool on the ship? No, and you're gonna, like, you slice just like you put it in, the, you put it in just, like a heater or something, like, like, like a dump it off like a foundry, good. like fucking bucket off the boat or some <laughs> shit, dude. Like like tankers that are gonna like crash and like have molten like, <laughs> like, like cheese spills cheese spills like a truck flips over blows up with fucking cheese everywhere like that's just wild man yeah, so but, but, I, this is why people don't think about these things because they're stupid dude. <laughs> i know but like that kind of stupidity yeah is really what can keep your brain flexible yeah you know like Psycho- psychology is an exercise too. Mm-hmm. It, you you exercise your brain and your thoughts in the same way that you would exercise any other part of your body. Right. And so I think that like when you allow yourself to think these insane things, that's what keeps your brain in shape. That's what stops you from getting Alzheimer's. Like, yeah, I can see that. Like, I think the brain activity element is very important, but I think it's also about like giving your brain the opportunity to think. Because I think, like, coming back to the distraction element, right? Like, you know, shower thoughts are profound because we're not really distracted by anything, you know? Um, It's one of those things, like, some of the best ideas I've had have come in the shower um, because your brain is allowed to be purely bored. You have no real distractions. Like, some people play music in the shower, but that's, again, another kind of soft distraction. But, like... There's nothing that's going to capture your full attention. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, like... Um, being able to be, you know, 
one of the one of the things I, I wrote in my notes here was about being comfortable with your own thoughts. Jason, I, I don't know how long you're gonna be, man, but I'm gonna talk about social media. Oh my god. I think being being comfortable with your own thoughts is incredibly important. I think it's it's a really big deal to be able to sit alone and just think about things mm-hmm. and not be you know to not panic over this or to yeah. not to not need to do something else not constantly be like yeah. this and you know i think that's that's I, I i don't know where i read this but i read something very interesting that it was something like you know it was like you know some kind of cosmic being looking at humans and it was like you know their world is so amazing and it's full of like endless adventures and exploring you know exploration and things to discover things to try and they invented boredom the ability to be bored in that magnificent creation and then they solved it with their phone you know we've solved that problem of being bored with your phone because your board can keep it's it's not really like it's keeping you engaged. It's just, you know... It's keeping you busy. Yeah, it's, you know, because, I mean... W- like, it's giving your brain busy work so that you don't have to think about reality. Well, yeah, that's definitely part of it. On one hand, that's part of it. The other hand is that, you know, the most important currency right now is human attention, right? And that's what all these all these companies are fighting over is engagement, you know? And how can we get people to engage with our service? How can we get people to engage with our product, create an experience, a journey? Like, it's all this kind of, like expanding the concept of what consumerism can be as as an identity level thing so like yeah man um being comfortable with your own thoughts is very important it's for me it's one of the measures i have for like any man's quality because i don't like i feel like women think very differently from men so like their ability to be comfortable with their thoughts it's very it's it that's a very different thing for them versus men like you know, like men, like, so to me, women are much more like about fluid and motion, like their thoughts and feelings and ideas and moods are much more fluid than ours. Um, you know, the best, the best analogy I've kind of heard is that if she's kind of the storm, you're kind of the lighthouse in that you're this kind of immovable object while she's this sort of chaotic thing that's just occurring around you and let, you're sort of letting her occur while you're just kind of steadfast in whatever values that originally attracted her to you in the first place right we were talking about the differences in the way that men oh and men and women, women think. think yeah well it's not so much men and women think but i think it's just the way men and women operate in general right like like that painting right there that people can't see so i shouldn't reference it um so yeah like kind of back to the analogy that you know she's kind of like i don't want to call it the storm but she's kind of like the weather that is chaotic like it's trying to understand the weather it's trying to be mad at the weather it's like you can't be mad at the weather because the weather is just the weather. It's going to change. So just relax. Like that's how um, I kind of see most women is that their their emotions and their their lines of thinking are much more fluid compared to men's, right? Um, whereas like, yeah, men, men tend to have, when we say something, that's exactly what we mean. And that's what we mean for the future. Whereas she says something that may, like, like when women complain, right? Their complaints are usually content free. Like, there's no actual complaint. She just feels unloved. That's really what it is. And, like, when you as, like, you know, the man in her life are able to express that to her, it's, uh, I think, the best part of the relationship. But, yeah, that's a different Mm. topic. Do you think that the um, way man and woman thinks Mm -hmm. is different for people that are, like, uh, not straight? 
I don't know, man. Because um, I've known I've known gay people who are like, like indistinguishable, like their lines of thinking indistinguishable from mine. Outside of like, yo, I want to tear her up. To yo, I want to tear him up. Like that's literally the only only thing. So, and then I've met people on the complete opposite spectrum where they are literally everything that, um, that for me I find kind of difficult about the culture that is this sort of um i don't want to call it noxious but this sort of in your face um like it's almost like a superiority complex Mm -hmm. you know like it's a family member of mine so um this is where this opinion comes from and it's just a sense of a superiority complex like you know i don't know i don't know if that's the right way to describe Mm -hmm. it but it's this kind of they they Mother's Day is coming up. Yeah. Is this weekend. And we were just... Yeah. Um, Do you think like... what You you mentioned how women just want Mm -hmm. to feel loved. Or Mm -hmm. when she complains is probably because she feels unloved. Mm -hmm. Do you think um, that plays into the thing where... People care about Mother's Day more than Father's Day. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. um, You know, anniversary dates and all that. So I think like you have to understand like men... Like men to society are generally disposable like we have to kind of look like accept like we as men kind of accept that at at multiple sub subconscious levels Mm -hmm. right you know women don't have to sign up for selective service so that's the draft um they're trying to change that but i don't foresee that and i wouldn't want that to change because women in combat and women in the military is a disruptive thing but that's again a different thing uh not saying that women should not be in the military but putting them in operational combat units is disruptive if you think i'm wrong fucking fight me I, I i second that yeah man um it's it because men act differently around women second that yeah. definitely i'm in a fraternity yeah exactly and act <laughs> differently know. around women so that's like, that's fair that's a yeah unit cohesion like fraternal cohesion like would you accept a female into your fraternity nope exactly so and I'm, anyways um but mother's day so it's interesting you know i think i think it depends a on your relationship with your mom like, because our parental relationships are so profoundly important and complex. And if you're lucky enough to have a good one, mm-hmm. um, which I don't think most people have. I think most people have ones that they love, but, like, there's complexities to it. Like, we all have stuff that we fight with our Things parents Things that are actually not healthy. Yeah. But that we just accept as normal. We just accept as normal. Exactly. Mm. Because it's our family. We don't know any better. Like, you know, whether that person is a high-functioning alcoholic or is kind of a bully or um is incapable of seeing other people's perspectives or um you know like if they're overly controlling exactly or yeah any of those like flaws that a person can have yeah we just overlook it because we say well that's normal and that's kind of what we inherit as well because we see it modeled and there's a genetic element uh that plays into it so for me having a good set of parents Puts you so far ahead of life. That's the at the utmost. Like after genetics, that's the no. I would say it's higher than higher. If you have two loving parents, that's the highest privilege you can absolutely have. That because, like teach you shit and yeah. like prepares you for life. At, yeah, like connections, network. Yeah, like that's the app. That's the app. That is what privilege is. Mm. Is basically because that's what really wealth, wealth, wealthy privilege is. Is that you have someone who is well established, well connected, who is about to guide you through life. 
who has done it very well. It's like, hey, kid, you're not going to fuck off in school. You're going to fuck on in school and you're going to do extracurricular activities because these will get you into a good university. Mm-hmm. I don't care that you don't want to go to a good university. Going to a good university, like your degree is like a passport, right? And the better the school is, the more places you can go. Like mm-hmm. the odds of you getting into like a Goldman Sachs from San Jose State versus Stanford are two different worlds, you yeah, know? Absolutely. Like that's the reality of it. So, like Stanford students are on a different level, right? Like no, they're, it's the gold standard, right? It's, well, it's everything that you're looking for, right? They're mm-hmm. like perfect diamonds, you know, yeah. per, crystal clear, Crafted. you know, they're, 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 they're exactly what everybody dreams of. And San Jose State mm-hmm. just can't, it's, you know, it's, it's like a Rolls Royce versus a Lada, you know, it's just, they're, they're just not comparable, you know, it's just nobody wants a Lada, you know, nobody, <laughs> nobody sits there and mm-hmm. dreams of having a Lada. And if say, you have one mm-hmm. because it's the only car you can get, then you're happy with it because it's all you, all you have, but nobody's mm-hmm. ever going to want one. Nobody's ever going to say, yes, that's my dream car. They'll be, you can mm-hmm. be content with it. You can't yeah. be happy with it. Well, I'm. And I, I would say this uh, is sort of similar, maybe mm-hmm. less extreme, yeah. obviously. No, no, no. I, I, I definitely understand where you're going. But for me, it's just that I think the school has far little to do, far less to do with it than the individual. Because you can, you can go to San Jose State and fuck off and not do anything. And you can like, you know, get 2.5 and graduate and, you know, go... I don't know, fuck off, like make six, like you can go do a useless job at a no-name company and like not really make any, do anything, right? Or you can actually like give a shit and try and like participate in class and like try to learn and not like, you know, like you were saying on on the last, like couple podcasts ago with uh, Angela, like, you know, find your community. Like, you know, like if you don't interact with people outside of that, your community, I think it's very difficult for people to actually understand how important socializing and networking is Mm -hmm. because like LinkedIn is very, very important. Like in the sense that it it shows you, um, for me, at least it's very powerful because it shows you how, how well extended you can be. Like it's, it's insane, man. So yeah. It gives you better metrics on your network. Yeah. You know, on what, who, who can I call? Who can I contact? Right. Who can I get a favor from? It gives you a much better handle over what that looks like. Yeah. Compared to not having LinkedIn at all. Yeah, for sure. Do you think that San Jose State students should focus more on their LinkedIn rather than their Instagram? (laughs) You know, interesting. I think Instagram is pretty fucking toxic, man. So yeah, I would, I would say yeah. So like. I think Instagram is probably one of the worst social media platforms a person can use Mm -hmm. because I think what it does is it creates desire and desire is just an agreement we make with ourselves to be unhappy until we got what we want. Right. And so like, I know that's a very Buddhist thing. I I read that by uh, Naval Ravnikot. Right. And, you know, to me that was very profound because, you know, I read it on my first deployment and I realized like I wanted all these things to be like, you know, that I thought would bring me peace and happiness. And you start to realize that it's the actual wanting that's making you desire that original peace and happiness. Like when you start to realize that you don't actually need that much, like um, 
so there was a very interesting speech by Alan Watts where, you know, when you don't want it, when you're, when you're free from desire, you sort of find this new piece. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing it horribly, but it effectively, when, when peace is the absence of desire, right? Peace mm-hmm, is the, yeah. peace is the sense that you are complete. You, you are free from needing anything else. And like, so I, I start asking myself, what do I want? And it's to not want, you know? And like, that's difficult because I do want things. Like yeah. I want a fucking Ram TRX and I want to travel a lot more and I want a hot ass wife to make babies with. Like yeah. all these things are things I want, but like, is it reasonable to be unhappy until I get them? I think some things yes and some things no, right? Like starting a family is very important to me. So like not necessarily, I don't want to call it unhappy, but being agitated, being unsatisfied. I think unsatisfied. Is- being Yeah, being unsatisfied. Um, that's, you know, being hungry for it, you know, that's, that's one thing. Whereas like, you know, if I don't get a Ram TRX, it's not the end of the fucking world, man. But yeah. I would really fucking love one. Yeah. Peace feels really good. Yeah. And it's very rare in our society. With these things, where's the camera? Yeah, man. Peace. With yeah. these things, you can't have peace because you're always... Available. Yeah. You're always available. So you do agree with the question that you should focus on Oh, yeah. More? If you're focusing on your fucking Instagram and you don't have anything on your LinkedIn, you deserve to not be hired. You mm. deserve to fucking fail. Yeah. Like, you know, this whole thing about canceling student loans to me is the biggest... I don't, I don't want to call it a slap in the face, but it's it's pretty fucking embarrassing yeah that's dumb that's but that's stupid a whole, Twitter stuff yeah yeah for real man that should not like mm, your adults act like it um but hey you know what if you're so easily influenced that you were told you needed to go to school and that was the only option you took and you took out hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt to get a degree in something that's not useful to anyone except yourself in teaching that's Ooh. your fucking problem not me instagram is bad for your your health health mental yeah. health mental health i would say health overall but mental that health. is i say health overall right. because your mental health affects so much and if you're constantly in a state of anxiety that's gonna fuck with you physically but um yeah man so instagram is just all porn like mm-hmm. you know it's travel porn it's relationship porn food porn car porn, gym porn. porn all that porn right Get a lot of gym yeah porn. dude like you know and then you have instagram models and you have like mm-hmm. you know it's all that and what's happened is that a lot of women have like especially oh dude like i would love to have a female audience because that's how you make money man but like yeah um realistically speaking like instagram i think has fucked up little girl like women oh for sure like because women nowadays don't have a real real sense of reality (sighs) you know they filter reality through instagram their concept of reality is doing things to for the gram like i know that's Mm -hmm. like you know a cliche thing to say but the number of like how many pick, dms they get how much attention they're how getting. much attention because attention is is cheap currency right because getting true attention from like a serious man who has quality is a, is is a rather daunting task because if you're a guy who can if you're a guy that she actually wants then lots of other women want you to and you know you're not going to cheat you're just going to exercise options so for her that's a pretty you know yeah, I don't know. I don't know be. the feedback we're gonna get from this. A lot of uh, you know, a lot of sorority girls listen to our stuff. Oh, really? Not to say that they're all like that, but they don't. Oh. They definitely know some people like that. Yeah. Okay. So I think sorority girls are probably the last bastion of quality females left on the planet, in the sense mm-hmm. that they still, at least from my perspective, um, from what I've seen at San Jose State, 
is they at least try to embrace femininity in some mm. degree, right? And I think that's incredibly important because what we're doing to women, I think, is fucking super destructive. It's I right. think there's a sort of consorted, concerted effort to sort of destroy female identity uh, because, you know, the female... So the female body, to me, is the most important thing in the universe, right? Because it creates humans. It creates consciousness from nothing. Like, to me, that is something that is beyond our understanding right, right now, right? Yeah. So for me, that's super important to protect, right? Because every every society is really focused around the woman, right? Because she creates children and the messages and lessons she gives to that child, the child goes through and gives to the world, right? So making sure that um, motherhood is something that can be accomplished without the stress that's already accompanying motherhood like from a societal standpoint, so like parental leave and like supporting, it's like supporting the whole process is super important, right? But the problem is, is what we're doing is we're telling women three terrible things, three terrible lies, right? And I, I've, this is, I got this from uh, Dr. Jordan Peterson. The first lie is that the most important thing in your life is going to be your career, right? Um, that your job as an effective person is to be able to have a prestigious position where you make a lot of money so you can buy shit, right? Right. Second thing is, is that nothing ever will be more important than your career. So that, you know, because, you know, a man can leave you and, you know, your kids can hate you, but your career is, is your identity. It gives you strength. It gives you independence, right? So nothing, nothing should... You know, nothing will ever be more important than your career. And then the third thing is, <clears throat> the third thing is, uh, nothing should be more important than your career. That even when you do start developing these desires to have a family, be a mother, or have a husband, or get into a serious relationship that requires more time away from work, that that's not acceptable because whatever your career is, it's so important because you've gone to school, you've worked so hard, you've done all these things, you've made all these accomplishments, you're a professional, you have a career. But I think I think this mm -hmm. is good advice for everyone to to mm -hmm. to know that these three lies. Not I don't think society Absolutely. just tells women Absolutely. them. I think men <clears throat> hear this too because you know what I think. You know, you yourself were talking about we don't need as much as we think we need. We right. don't need to consume as much as oh, we yeah. actually consume. For sure. And so, even to a man mm -hmm. telling us that our career is the most important thing, it will always be the most important thing, and it mm -hmm. should be the most important thing, mm -hmm. that is an unhealthy mindset to yeah. have, right? Because it still it perpetuates this consumerism that you need right. to you need to buy more, you need to have more, right? And if if a man makes enough to take care of himself and his mm -hmm. family, that should be enough. He shouldn't need more. Yeah. There shouldn't need to be more yeah. crap to buy. Yeah. And so and nobody needs to hear these lies, right? These are lies that mm -hmm. everyone should understand are lies. Yeah. And so there's, I think it's a little different when it comes to men. Because men understand that we have to work till we die. Like that's kind of unfortunate reality um, from the dawn of time. The industrial revolution has kind of eased that up a little bit. Machines have come online and it's really helped, you know, the workday. But for the overwhelming majority of human civilization, men have been expendable, right? So we are only recently adapting to this situation now where um, the idea of being more than a source of labor is coming on, right? And kind of coming back um, 
you know, because that's yeah. So giving birth is already to, a super traumatic thing. Like the fact that human beings mm. can be pushed out of other human beings is just like fucking insane, right? So that's already a fit. Like that used to be woman's calling, like her highest calling, and it still, in my opinion, is like. Like, I think so. I, yeah. I I don't think like you can be the fucking you can be a doctor, a lawyer, you can be whatever the fuck you know you can be an astronaut, and honestly, I still think pushing out humans is is still more impressive. That's just me. Um, so the the idea that um, society shouldn't be organized organized around um, organized a woman a woman being comfortable in a space to be a mother is wrong. I think now. The problem is, well, there's a couple other problems. There's the lie problem, and then there's the, also the element of what happens to women as they as they stay, you know, in a professional career, right? Because even though the marketplace is trying to become more accommodating of people, it's still a very masculine-driven environment. I'm gonna pick up the pizza real quick. Sorry. Okay. Okay. We can pause real quick. Yep. All right. We'll be right back after a pizza break. <laughs> 